Hey, Eagles fans, this is Chris Franklin from NJ.com, and welcome to the No Huddle Show podcast, where we give you anything and everything Eagles. Before we begin today's podcast with our No Huddle, no huddle co-host, Les Bowen, uh, say that five times fast, remember, guys, to make sure to subscribe to Eagles Extra. Eagles Extra is our tech service where you can get the latest breaking Eagles news and latest musings from myself and Les. If you go ahead, it's a free trial to go ahead and do that, just make sure you go to nj.com. You'll have a link directly to that to subscribe to there. And before we go start talking about some of these joint practices that we've seen, especially when it comes to Cleveland and some other things with the Eagles roster, I said I'll bring in Les right now. Les, how are you doing today? Doing great, Chris. How are you? Doing how's, well. How's sunny South Florida? Very hot. <laughs> uh, as, as you guys know, coming up, uh, beginning – Wednesday, we're recording this on Tuesday. Beginning on Wednesday, the Eagles will have joint practices with the Miami Dolphins. And Les, I wish you were here, man. Yeah, I, I really do. You know, we haven't done a live podcast together. We, I think we might have to do one soon. That would be neat. Yes. <laughs> yeah, but it's uh, very hot. Very, saw a couple of lizards already, which I thought was like, okay, definitely here in Florida. But looking forward to, most importantly, looking forward Stay to covering Stay away from the Eagles. real big ones that are called alligators. <laughs> Well, you know, I could use a little belt right now. You know, why not, why not try to go wrestle one down? <laughs> I think we could do the show with one arm, right? Yeah, oh, sure. <laughs> All right, enough about alligators and everything. Let's go back into uh, the football aspect of stuff. Well, Les, you know, we were together when we were covering the Cleveland Browns and their joint practices. Uh, just to put a bow on it, the Eagles had the uh, – they had two joint practices on – Thursday and Friday, and then they had their preseason game where they defeated the Cleveland Browns 21 to 20. The starters didn't play at all. It was the second and third team players, the guys that were vying for spots and depth and depth chart uh, where they're located on there. They were part of that. But to put a bow on that whole entire experience, Les, what were your takeaways from the joint practices with the Browns? Well, the joint practices were interesting. Uh, the, my biggest joint, my biggest takeaway, my joint takeaway was uh, the, the red zone uh, thing. The second day, the Eagles' offense looked really sharp, and I think they'll be better in that respect this year. Uh, I think they really have uh, good weapons there, and uh, you know, I'm I'm pretty confident in their ability in that regard. Um, <coughs> It was overall, though, and I think you and I talked about this while we were out there. It was a little bit disappointing in that we build this stuff up before we go because the coaches talk it up so much. It's so much more important than the preseason games to them now for their starters. But you get out there, and because it's preseason, because they're trying to keep guys healthy and get guys healthy, you've got like half a dozen starters from each team who aren't in the practices. So you're not really seeing, you know, I was envisioning game conditions virtually, you know, Brown's best players versus Eagles best players. That was hard to come by until you got to that second day and Miles Garrett finally got on the field and, you know, did some work against Jordan Mailata and so forth. But you really didn't get a whole lot of head-to-head. You didn't get any Denzel Ward, uh, A.J. Brown. You, you know, it just wasn't quite everything that, as an observer, you thought it might be. Do you feel that way? Well, I, I think so, too. Especially that, that was You mentioned the one matchup I really wanted to see. I wanted to see strength on strength when he came to the edges and the outside with Denzel Ward and A.J. Brown because I think when you look – hey, listen, the Jets – 
Ahmad Gardner, he's not, he's nice, but he's still a rookie and he's young. I wanted to see A.J. Brown go against one of the premier cornerbacks in his lead, and I believe Ward was one of them. And the fact that Ward, he's coming back from an injury, so uh, I understand it. But still, it was disappointing to see that. And then also, when you look at the game itself, I, I know that teams are a little leery of putting them in positions to not get hurt, but I thought I still think this team could use some first series reps like if even for one series i think this team just to gel a little bit to see how things were going to get that atmosphere to have a little bit more fans in there granted it was like probably like 20 some thousand people there inside first energy stadium but to get some sense of noise so they can start working on some of their silent accounts and little things like that that they'll have to do during that first week in detroit but overall if we're looking at the quarterback uh, the quarterback position I thought when it came to Jalen Hurts during those practices, I thought he probably played the best he's had during the preseason. I mean, he was locating the ball very well. Uh, a couple of those jump balls to uh, Smith, uh, to Devonta Smith, to A.J. Brown, I thought he located them very well, especially he rolled out to his left a lot, which he's been criticized a lot moving out of the pocket and, and not being as accurate when he does that. And to see him do it a couple times against some of those Browns cornerbacks, I thought were, were really good. So... And then also yeah, there was him. one play in particular uh, where Hertz was kind of flushed out of the pocket to his left and found A.J. Brown 15, 20 yards downfield in kind of a broken, you know, you don't expect them to have great uh, sort of intuitive knowledge of one another at this point. They haven't been together very long, but, you know, Brown went right to where he needed to be to get that ball, and I was uh, – I was very impressed. It hurts. Got it to him, and that's that's something you didn't see from Jalen on the left side a whole lot last year. The left and the middle were not good places for him in terms of efficient passing. So uh, yeah, that was real nice. But on the game, Chris, I was going to make one more point: is that I the second team offense looked great with Gardner Minshew. I mean, it couldn't have looked any better. And the third team got that long touchdown bomb from Reed Sennett to Devin Allen. The defense, though, I I was disappointed. I don't know what to make of it, but uh, there weren't a whole lot of guys that played well. I thought Davion Taylor was horrible. Uh, I don't know if some guys are kind of burned out a little bit from camp. I can't imagine, given the schedule they've had, that it's that bad, that the fatigue is that bad. I didn't see Jordan Davis do much or N'Kobe Dean. Um to me, looking at, at what I saw on Sunday, strictly not the not the workouts, but just the game, I, there are a lot of guys I wouldn't have a problem with cutting. You know, right now. <laughs> uh, it just uh, it, it was not a. I do think this team has good depth, but you didn't really see that so much, especially on the defensive side uh, in Sunday's game. You mentioned Taylor, and I know we're going to tangent. We we'll get to the other stuff, but the one thing you. Thanks for reminding me because the one thing I see that I really want him to do better with, especially this season, is he seems to get caught up in these blocks so many times that he lets offensive alignment get in on the inside and then basically they have control which way he's going to go and it opens up so many big holes in the middle of the field. Don't get me wrong. His coverage has been better, but his run his run defense and his ability to stop and scrape to the holes where he needs to and and plug them up, it still needs a lot of work. And the Eagles are going to use all these different looks where they use like three, four wide, uh, linebackers on the field, he, and he figures to be a prominent part of that. He's got to fix that quick because teams are going to start picking on him. Yeah, you know, he is a very good athlete, but 
we've talked before about how he didn't play a whole lot in high school because of his religious beliefs. He couldn't play on Friday night. And he just doesn't have, he didn't play a whole lot in college. He came out really early. He just doesn't have great instincts, frankly. And I don't know how easy it is to get those. <laughs> I'm sure hoping uh, they come along, but at some point you either got them or you don't. And uh, he gets caught in the wrong spot. He gets caught, you know, trying to make arm tackles because he's not where he should be. And, you know, I, I was very, uh, if you showed that film, to anybody uh, and wanted to evaluate him as a player, you wouldn't even consider putting him on the 53, let alone using him a lot in games. Now, I know that's not, you can't do that. That's not the only thing he's ever done, but it's the most recent thing he's done. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I didn't like it. Well, you know what? I think maybe you and I have to find a way to develop this, but, you know, they can give an IV where you can get immediate football knowledge into somebody. I think we have a fortune right there. I really think we do believe that. <laughs> but moving on now to uh, the Miami Dolphins. You know, it's the last week of the preseason and before teams going to have to cut down to 53 players. Is there anything that you're looking for in terms of the preseason game or practice or whatever that you're looking for this upcoming week? You know, I'd like to see this log jam of defensive backs get a little more definition. They have a whole lot of corners and safeties wandering around out there. Uh, we haven't seen much from Joquiski Tart when they obtained him before camp from the 49ers. We thought, hey, this is, uh, is going to really solidify that position. I haven't really – I don't have that feeling that it's done that. Um, I know Pro Football Focus gave him a real good grade for Sunday. I, I don't know. I, I wasn't I, – I didn't really see that as is so often the case with PFF grades. Uh, you know, it's, it's kind of not what my eye test showed me. But, you know, I think we, we saw – you wrote today about Job, the, the corner from uh, Alabama, who really did play well Sunday and and looks like a strong contender to make the team, which means that probably that some of these guys that they've acquired over the last year that they've had high hopes for, like Tay Gowan, who was a big part of that Zach Ertz trade with the Arizona Cardinals, maybe some of these guys aren't going to make the team. You know, uh, you can't have – you're not going to carry seven or eight corners. You're not going to carry – you know, five or six safeties, I don't think. So, uh, you know, some of these guys like Andre Shacher are going to have to uh, really step it up for me to to want to continue to see them around. I'm not so sure you couldn't get rid of about half of those guys and then look for guys uh, in the final cut downs from other teams that would be just as good or better. Uh, so I think there's a lot of definition to be found there. Um I want to see is Grant. Do you know if Grant Calcaterra is going to be a full time uh, practice participant this week? This is a guy that's been out since one of the first days of camp with a hamstring. He started to get back into practice the end of the the Brown sessions, and we're all kind of penciling him in as one of the three tight ends. But you'd kind of like to see him do something <laughs> before you do that. He's he's an intriguing player. I think everybody likes his potential, but he hasn't really had much of a chance to to show that he's, he's what we think he is. Uh, I'd kind of like to see that this week. 
Yeah, that would that would be a, a for especially you know after he, I thought she was about to go on the injury reserve again after we saw him slide through under the gate during uh, the practices at the Browns. He was trying to catch a pass. He was running toward the track and he started sliding. And then next thing you know, half of his body's under the gate. It's like, oh great, well he's he's done for a while, but he was able to get up under his own power. And and you're right, it looks. I think they held him out because he had so few snaps, snaps during the last few practices so they, they want to get them in the game but this is a perfect opportunity for him to show that hey you know what he has to prove that you know he warrants being that i mean he's a good pa- route runner he's a good pass catching tight end but you know noah togia has shown him that he's done very well during this camp as well too you still have a veteran richard rogers who still made it who did his thing during our last sunday as well too and he can also block as well as uh, catch the ball so so there's a lot of competition at that spot one thing i'm really looking forward to during these joint practices is is when they go first team versus first team i want to see how these Eagles cornerbacks, Darius Slay, Avante Maddox, and, and maybe James Bradbury, if he's back from his his uh, groin, his groin issue that he's having right now, but they, which is a person with knowledge of situations says it's day-to-day, so we could very well see him next week. But the one thing I want to see is how they handle with Jalen Waddle and also Tyreek Hill as well, too, because those guys are very quick, very fast, and and they're, they know how to get open into those empty areas of the coverage. So I want to see how, A, the Dolphins maneuver them around and how well the Eagles adjust to that as well, too, because these speed guys, one quick move, and next thing you know, they're looking behind them, and you're hoping to, to attack Levoa overthrows them or underthrows them or something happens for that because you, you definitely don't want to see something like that happen when it comes to that. Yeah, I, yeah, I'd like to see good pass rush pressure on Tagliavoa too. You're not going to be able to actually sack him in these, uh, you know, sessions, but you can. They'll blow the whistle for you if you get there and and you know shut the play down. And I would like to see that. I, that's something else, frankly, from Sunday's game. You had guys out there that they weren't starters, but in most cases, but they were guys that you expect to play for the Eagles this year who really didn't uh, generate much and, and were, you know, constantly out of their gaps. And, uh, you know, I want to see more disciplined, I guess, defensive line play from these, uh, from these sessions and in the final preseason game. Now that there's only three, I think there's kind of a premium on cleaning things up, you know, and being ready to really play uh, week one. Uh, I, I think you're going to see inevitably because Training camp is taken so much more casually now, uh, and it's a 17-game season, and you only play three preseason games. I think the first couple games are going to be sloppy, but you don't want to – you want to be proactive about that. You want to try not to make that the case if you can. And I just want to see, you know, some sharper play, fewer flags, uh, a lot of stuff like that, I guess. Definitely, definitely so. And – when it comes to those evaluations that the Eagles front office and the coaching staff are going to make, they're not going to be looking at the cornerback spot or a tight end spot. They're also going to be looking at a possibly looking at some decisions when it comes to running back and safety. Last, there's been a rotate, a constant rotation of safety. It seems like guys going in and out. I mean, we saw Jaquisi Tart side. We saw Ubo Amadi, you know, the team traded him in the JJ Arcega white side trade. There's a lot of guys that have been coming in and out of that safety spot. You know, you got Marcus Epps looks to be the one starter. You also have Anthony Harris as well, too. Less 
what do you make of this safety position? And do you think this team should go out and get another safety? You know, it probably should if it's not going to cost much, but I don't really know how that is going to work. Uh, Ugo Amadi, to me, in the few days that we saw him, looked probably a little better than Jaquiski Tart has looked. Uh, so I'd, I'd be interested. You know, Ugo has played in the league for Seattle. He's He's got some games and some starts under his belt. Uh, you kind of like guys like that. If they're not 150 years old, you can, you kind of – you can project better with them than you can some undrafted rookie who had a good practice. You know, um, I like Amadi. I, as I said, I'm not, I'm a little bit uh, disappointed with what I've seen from Tart. Uh, Anthony Harris is still Anthony Harris. You know, I thought he was a very C level uh, starter last year. Um, I wouldn't, be opposed to upgrading at that spot. Uh, I, I really think Marcus Epps is probably their best safety right now. Um, Kayvon Wallace is starting to show some things, maybe. Uh, I have not been high on him. Uh, he was a guy, I think I mentioned this in our last podcast, that when they drafted him, everybody was talking about, oh, the Eagles really got a steal here. Kayvon Wallace in the fourth round, and then he spent a couple years you know, not really doing much. Uh, and I, he was having a quiet camp until last week when things got a little better. So I'm interested in that. Uh, some people like Reed Blankenship. Again, that's a guy that in the game Sunday, I, I didn't see much. I don't know. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, there's a lot, like, like I said, a lot of loose parts there. Uh, and a lot of guys that, uh, you know, are they better than some guy you can pick up off the street after the last cutdown? I, I don't know. When I look at the safety position, uh, I, I'm trying to think of like how Jonathan Gannon would try to use it. And some of the coverages he uses, he has one safety going, covering half the field, another safety covering a quarter, and then he drops another uh, cornerback to go there and, and a cover three look and, and adjust underneath. And I think Marcus Epps, for if he's that free safety that covers the deep half of the field, I have no problem with that. I'm looking more at the strong safety side, the guy who maybe, yeah, not only just a tackler, but also cover those seam routes. Because I'm a little worried when we know this team has had issues in the last few years with covering the tight end. Last year, the Eagles gave up the most t- tight ends to touchdowns and also receiving yards, I believe, to t- tight ends as well, too. And I want to see somebody who's in there that can fill in for that. Well, I look at Tart. He's more of a box safety, and he's missed a lot of time. He's starting to get a little bit more acclimated to this system, but he missed a lot of time for personal reasons, especially if it's some personal major, you know, family or something else. I, I completely, if you need time to step away, I get it, but still have to, when it comes to time to be on the field, you have to be able to and produce. And he did, a, I saw a little bit. I didn't see enough like the old whiskey tart of old. Maybe that comes with time. Who knows? But maybe that's also why the San Francisco 49ers let him go. I look at Anthony Harris. He's versatile, but he does he doesn't, at this point, I don't see him as a true impact safety right now. And then you look at uh, Kayvon Wallace. I, I, I These last two weeks, uh, I say he, he saved it. He saved his job for sure because I thought he, he was playing not as well. I thought he could have been a guy who could have been among these second cuts. That's how poorly I think he was playing at one point. But he, he looks like he's – maybe he realizes finally that, you know, this might be it if he doesn't do well. I thought he did well especially in, a, in the second practice against the Browns but he's a guy 
Yeah, he showed he showed up a little bit in the in the game itself. He I think he I think he has finished second in tackles, second second. I think he had five tackles in that game against the Browns. But I don't see him as a coverage guy. He's not a box guy because especially Wallace is supposed to be what Tart is. So and he's been short of that. Amadi I like because of his versatility. His teams used Josiah Scott as a cornerback and a safety lately. But the thing I saw is Scott looked like he had a little few issues in the game when it came to coverage, and teams are going to do that. He's a good specialties player. But you need spots to be able to play in case there's an injury. At this point right now, I'm looking at while I probably put Wallace on the outside. It, it depends it's day by day. It's like Tart Wallace, Tart Wallace. One of those two goes goes in. I think Will Mahdi actually leapfrogs Josiah Scott, and because Amadi has some special teams experience, I think that he'll be able to take that spot as well too. But it's a uh, is I probably say it's probably the weakest part of this defense, and you don't want that back end to be especially weak as well, too. Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, we would have said linebacker probably uh, a few months ago, but that position seems to be. I don't know about the depth if it's as good as we kind of were thinking it was uh, last week before the this game, but they, definitely they have good starters. Kazir White, I think was a guy that stood out in those uh, practices against the Browns. Um, but safety, yeah, it's, it's a big – you just don't know who the take charge guy is there. Rodney McLeod, you had Jenkins and McLeod there for several years, and that was so reliable and so uh, solid. Uh, you did have some injuries, especially with McLeod, and other guys had to step in, which is how Marcus Epps got his start here. But uh, it's, it's much more uh, undefined right now. Uh, it's a different position than it was uh, under Jim Schwartz. And I'm just not sure that uh, Gannon has what he needs there yet. Now, here's another position is a uh, position that may be looked at just because of the numbers itself. Running back. And this Eagles right now, they have Miles Sanders as a starter, but he's been out with a hamstring injury. He's missed the last four practices. So the team's been using a lot of Kenneth Gainwell, a second-year running back. Boston Scott, he got the start on Sunday. And you have Jason Huntley, Kennedy Brooks. And they did have DeAndre Torrey, but they released him early Tuesday morning. So... Les, I want to ask you, this has been going around for a while now, for a couple of days, being that they had to join practices with the Browns, Kareem Hunt, and he's he met, he, there's that picture that everybody's seen of uh, of him talking to Nick Sirianni. He's originally asked, they said he's wanted to do a trade, he wants a new contract. Les, would you execute a deal with the Browns to bring him into the, to the Eagles? I guess so. Uh, he did have a, a problem, a domestic violence problem, along a while back. I'd like to know more about that. But obviously, the league is satisfied that he's uh, not doing that anymore. Um, it would depend on what they're giving up, uh, Chris. It, I wouldn't give up a whole lot for any running back, frankly, just because they're not that crucial to especially when you have the kind of receivers the Eagles have. But if, if he were available and, you know, what would the, what do the Browns really need right now? What's their, they need a center. I know that. <laughs> yeah. This um, is like they the got ball. two hurt, including their starter that who's going to miss the season. You could make a case that they are going to need a backup quarterback. Uh, 
I don't know. They thought Dobbs played very, very well for them uh, Sunday, so maybe not. Uh, would you trade Gardner Minshew? I probably would just because, you know, I think Jalen Hurts is pretty durable. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't give like a high draft pick or anything for Kareem Hunt. Uh, it just depends. What, what do you think it would take? Well, for me, I think you need a player and a pick, and I think you could probably – it have to be at least a fourth uh, or fifth or fourth. And already there, that to me – now, now, personally, I look at the past, the the, the domestic violence issues. I'm, I'm leery of those 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 issues when it comes to it overall. So uh, that's a red strike for me. But the main thing I'm looking at as well too is you you'd be bringing in another player who's looking for a contract, and because Miles Sanders has been looking for his deal right now, so you'd have two guys on the team looking to. Get, get their numbers so they can get that contract and then do you worry about them going hey you know what this guy's getting more looks this guy's getting more looks and then you start getting a lot more issues on there and the last thing you do is to drop the chemistry on his team early on so I'm kind of I'm personally kind of leery I guess if if in a big if it be, we're, we come like say a veteran or a very low contract or veteran minimum I look more King and Drake the Raiders are going to be releasing him now because after everybody in their mom knows that they weren't going to trade for his $5.5 million contract. But he's a guy, I think, a, a, a bigger guy that can get those third two yards and still be a good receiver out the backfield. He can be a good 1B, I think. And then he looks to use, utilize, sprinkle in some Gainwell and Scott here and there. But I think I really think this team is going to roll with the running backs that they have right now. And from what I've heard, that uh, it sounds like Sanders is going to be ready to go week one. So. I, I'm, I'm thinking it's going to be all right when it comes to that spot. Yeah, you know, I, I guess part of what I'm trying to say about running back is you can find a running back. Any point in the season, if you need a running back, a, a, a you know, not a star, but a guy that you can put in there and he can get three or four yards, those guys are all over the place. It's amazing how many of them there are. It's, uh, it's, it's one position – where, you know, that's not true at every position. You can't find a left tackle that can do a decent job, you know, uh, in the middle of the season. But you can always find a running back who can, you know, chug out a few yards. Uh, you know, it's it's just not that hard. And I, I'm not that worried about it. And I wouldn't give up a lot to get one, I guess is what I'm saying. I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. Well, we've come to that part of the time of the show where we come to our final thoughts. Uh, now, Mr. Les Bowen, I give the floor to you. Yeah, we're getting to the point where you're starting to think about what the team's going to look like um, in a few weeks when the season actually gets underway. And uh, I'm feeling pretty good about this team, Chris. I, I really think the weapons are excellent. They've been able to get through thus far – uh, knock on whatever, uh, without injuries, without major injuries to good players. And that's so crucial. So many teams have already hit, you know, huge problems with what they had projected. And we've seen that happen with the Eagles in previous years. They're, they're pretty healthy. Uh, everything's fitting together reasonably well. Um, I think the, the, the vibe around the team is good. Uh, I, I'm upbeat about the Eagles in 2022 right now. There's still some things I want to know, uh, you know, the long way to go to really resolve any lingering doubts. But uh, 
I don't see any reason to be pessimistic at this point. Nice, nice. Very, very well said. Very well said. Mine is going to go to a subject you actually wrote a great story about. It is Devin Allen, the the Olympian turned wide receiver back. Here's who wear the Eagles, and I'll, I'll say when it came to seeing the way that he's, and uh, I want to say admired, but the way that his teammates respect him for what he's done when he caught that 55 yard touchdown pass the way they were jumping up and down that sideline running down yeah. their way and agreed him i thought that was pretty especially a lot of those guys who weren't dressed and they were invested in that game and they're watching him do that to see that i thought that shows a little bit when it comes to the chemistry his team has and and, and we hear Nick Sirianni continually talk about the connection. The connection is almost so much that's like, oh, okay, we, we, you know, it's connection. But <laughs> we hear that overall. I thought that was a moment where, listen, Allen's not going to make this roster on a 53. And I think his best path there is if he spend time on the practice squad. Now, would he give up his Olympic, like going to the Olympic tour and, and all the other track events, field, field events around, around the country and the world to do, be on a practice squad? is the $100,000 question to see that. For, but I think overall, just for that one little moment that he was on, on the field and, and for what he did, I thought that's – from watching the way the team reacted, I thought that was pretty cool, especially for Olympian. Yeah, you know, and it was – I did notice that celebration, and I did note it because – when you watch this guy out there for a couple of weeks and you don't see much, you know, I mean, he's, he's really struggling with route running and learning an offense and things like this. He's been out of football for six years. He wasn't playing at anywhere near this level at Oregon as a sophomore or whatever it was when he stopped playing football. You know, you, you kind of think maybe they're looking at this guy and just saying, ah, forget it. You know, let's get him out of here as quick as we can. Clearly they're not. Clearly, people are invested in this, coaches and players. And, uh, you know, there's a good chance that somehow they IR or uh, practice squad him to keep him around here. I'll be really surprised if that doesn't happen based on on Sunday. And, uh, you know, going into Sunday, we didn't have any idea. So those are the little things that you look for to to give you some idea of what's going on. Yep, so true, so, so true. Well, that's going to wrap up this edition of the No Huddle Show podcast with Les Bowen and Chris Franklin. Make sure to go to nj.com slash eagles to check out the latest Eagles news and, and happenings, especially including the uh, roster cuts from eighty uh, from 85 players down to 80, as well as the f- roster cuts down for 53 players. And also make sure Eagles Extra, you can subscribe to that. Go and talk to myself and Les and get to ask any Eagles questions you want to. We'll do our best to answer it as best we can. But for now, everybody have a good one. Enjoy the joint practices.